So Emmerich, overall, how, how did your son change the trajectory of your life? Now, 20 years later, you know, looking back on this journey, in the beginning, not wanting it. But now I'm just mm -hmm. like, I, I'm so grateful. I know that God did not make a mistake. No matter where you are in the world, there is one thing we have all experienced together, change. This pandemic has forced us out of our comfort zones and has pushed us into a new norm. And we simply surrendered and figured out a way to thrive. Welcome to Making Changes, a new podcast from INC Media Audio. I'm your host, Aliyah Pablo. In this podcast, you'll hear honest conversations between two people who are on the same path to change but are in different stages in their journeys and how they've navigated their way around their new normal, but always with God by their side. On today's episode, you'll meet Emmerich and Myra, two moms who have sons diagnosed with autism. Emmerich, who happens to be one of the hosts in INC Media's Faith and Family podcast, was forced to make a change in her perspective as she began accepting her son's autism diagnosis 20 years ago. Myra, on the other hand, began talking about autism just a few years ago when her son Mateo was diagnosed. They'll be talking about what it's like to be parents of children with special needs. And coincidentally, Myra and Emmerich are both educators. And today will be flies on the wall as these two moms share life lessons they've learned along the way. Let's listen in. Hi, Emmerich. Hi. You know, a few years ago, I, I saw you on Faith Speaks and I learned a lot. So I reached out to you when Mateo was first diagnosed. Yes, I um, remember that. Yeah, thank you so much for answering my questions back then. And now I have more. Perfect. <laughs> I know all kids are different, but since I'm a little bit newer in my journey uh, with Mateo, uh, I'm hoping that you can help me with your experiences uh, with Russell. Um, you know, it'll help me a lot as Mateo grows up. Okay. How old is Russell now? Russell just turned 20 years old two days ago. I don't want you to think that I'm the expert. Okay. So the experiences that I'm going to share with you are um, purely my own, you know, uh, with yes. what we've gone through in our journey with Russell. Um, and I, I love talking about it because I know this journey can be really difficult. When I was going through it, it uh, sometimes felt lonely. You know, I didn't know many parents who had mm -hmm. um, children with autism. Um, so I am, you know, more than happy to share my experiences with you. How did you know that Russell was autistic? Uh, what signs did you see? When he was like one the biggest sign was he wasn't talking, but he also wasn't understanding. So he wasn't mm -hmm. receiving the language. So when I would talk to him, it's like he was completely clueless. Um, he just didn't seem to want to play with kids. He, he wouldn't make eye contact. The way he played with toys was different. He would yeah. just line things up or stack things up all the time. Honestly, I was um, in denial. I, did, I didn't want to think that there was anything wrong. You know, uh, I was, just- Was he only a year old at the time? Like he, he, he was, didn't think that he might have just grown out of it or well when he bit. was a year old i just kept saying he's a late bloomer and and he was getting closer to three and people kept telling me like i think you should have him checked you know and there and i could tell people were afraid to tell me also there, there came a point where we couldn't deny it anymore he was just different you know and so 
we ended up uh, taking him to the doctor and and they quickly diagnosed him like yeah. he's autistic and it was hard. <laughs> Looking back at Mateo after his 18 month checkup, mm-hmm. I remember the doctor asking, you know, does he look in point? And, you know, you're so used to just saying yes to all of those questions. Yes. You know, those uh-huh. ge- regular checkups. Yes, yes, yes. And then I got home and I realized, wait a minute. No, I, I've never seen Mateo look and point at anything. You know, he was always smiling, he was always happy, and he'd flap his hands when he got excited. But I'd real I realized that he never had asked me for anything or shared a moment with me. But thankfully, we were able to get an appointment uh, just before his uh, second birthday. That's good. That's good yeah, that you were able we're really to. Happy like, that it was, yeah, early. Yeah, like really early intervention. If you remember the time before Russell uh, was diagnosed, you know, mm-hmm. you had some dreams for him. Yeah. He's your firstborn. You know, mm-hmm. did, did things change after he was diagnosed? You know, I dreamed and the sports he would play, like I had planned the whole thing out in my head. And so when he did get the diagnosis, um, I was still in denial, you know, and I was hurt. Honestly, did I do something wrong? You know, like, is this my fault? Is God mad at me? Did I eat the wrong foods? Um, You know, like I I kept thinking like, how could this have happened? You know, like I did everything right. You know, I've always, you know, I I did, you know, I performed my duty, I worship, you know, like I, I was making this laundry list of like why it couldn't be me. So um, we said a devotional prayer Uh, because we couldn't quite understand what was happening. You know, like, why weren't my dreams coming true? You know, those kinds of things. Why weren't my initial prayers of before, you know, when I was pregnant, you know, why why was it different? And uh, so we did. We said a devotional prayer to ask for understanding. And um, actually, no, it wasn't asking for understanding in the beginning. It was asking God to take it away. Take away his diagnosis. Make him normal. You know, and, and like... I look back on it now and I, you know, uh, I laugh at myself because it's like I was making these demands on God, you know, like change, change your plan. I, I, I don't want this, you know, like and 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 that's how that's what my attitude was in the beginning. Um, but after some time. So, you know, this was a, a process. And uh, to make a long story short, I had to change my perspective and my prayers changed to not asking God to take it away but asking God to help me understand and to help me endure it, to be strong and to accept it. And to like, obviously this is your plan, God. And, um, you know, and I want to embrace it. You know, whatever it is I need to do, whatever it is you need me to see, you know, I'm here, you know, I accept it. And, And that's, that change in perspective is really when the future started looking up, you know, and, um, and I started, uh, being able to like, you know, just keep moving and just keep, uh, and see the beauty in, in what was happening with my son. Now, now, now Mateo's seven and, um, you know, he's, he's still not speaking. Uh, he, he doesn't have words yet. And so, you know, we're starting to see that the, the changes, that we need to make it's different from you know what uh russell's experience russell went through yeah. that it was, it's yeah. different from his experience you know and so you know the change that 
we had to go through it mm-hmm. actually was in our marriage you know ah. we uh we uh started learning a lot more about each other and and about how we communicate through through mateo um yeah it, it helped us you know all the things that they recommended for mateo in, in his therapy actually helped us you know when it com- comes to um you know how people function how people communicate and you know oh that's seeing nice. things differently right it's it's like there are all these silver linings that come with this you know and uh like you said like it changes your perspective on your marriage on your relationships um uh, us too you know it made us um as a couple stronger you know both of us are educators and um and uh, my husband you know he has more experience with um special needs children so he he would he was the more positive one in the beginning you know like it's gonna be okay so we had to lean on each other a lot more and and just be a team i think after we got over the the sleep deprivation you know for the first few years mateo wasn't sleeping at nighttime and wow uh, i think that was the most difficult thing um in the year or two following his diagnosis, we didn't really sleep at all. You know, Mateo would be partying through the night and, you know, it was really tough. Um, and, you know, as, as we prayed, we kept wondering and asking, you know, what are we, what would you like us to learn through this? You know, what do we yes. need to do? What do we need to change in order for things to get better? Oh, Mateo. Wow. wow. Good job, buddy. <laughs> people with uh, autism or you know sometimes we'll see um, puzzle pieces you know as as the symbol when we saw those puzzle pieces we thought well um we're the pieces you know mateo's putting us together and that, that's how we felt wow um, we saw it you know with with us in our marriage um our daughter micah you know she's a um, almost two years older than Mateo, and she, she became more patient, more prayerful for her brother. Oh, that's um, wonderful. Yeah. Um, how, how about I, your, your kids? Russell is my oldest, and then I have two younger sons, Andrew and David. And, um, you know, they're, they're very protective of their brother. Uh, they help him understand the world socially. He, he, ad, he admires his brothers and how, they, how easily they make friends. And so they, they kind of you know, they, they give him advice, you know, they say, oh, don't, don't ask like that, ask like this. When they meet someone a little socially awkward, they're really, you know, they're really kind and they can help facilitate. And to where my boys sometimes, like their teachers tell me, they get put in groups that, you know, they know this child is difficult. So they'll put them in groups with my sons so that my sons can like kind of be the bridge, you know, to help them collaborate with other people. So in, mm-hmm. in, in helping Russell understand his condition, and it came about because in middle school, um, he became more socially aware. And I didn't, I didn't see that coming, you know, just because for, for the longest time, his whole life up until then, he didn't really need friends. He didn't, you know, need that social connection. And then all of a sudden, when he became an adolescent, he needed it, you know, and then he, mm-hmm. he was awkward. And people were mean, you know, the kids uh, were mean, and he couldn't understand why. And he would say things to me like, Mom, I think there's a secret language. And I think everybody knows it but me. (laughs) And so at that point, you know, I really I had hadn't told him about autism, because 
I didn't want him to feel like he was disabled. I didn't want him to all of a sudden have a crutch and an excuse to not do the things that I know he can do. And so, um, but he could tell he was different and he didn't know why. So when I finally sat him down and I talked to him about what autism was and I explained to him that, you know, you're different, but not less, you know? And so um, he started owning autism and researching himself about what autism is. Autism. This is Xavier. He has a mild form of autism. It makes him hard to do three things. One, language. It takes a long time to say what he wants. Hey, how's it? Hey, how's it? He had reached a point where um, he wished everybody knew what autism was. And Russell came up with the idea of making a cartoon because he is very much into animation. And um, we spent some time over a weekend coming up with a plan and he made this video. Social skills. Xavier has a hard time fitting in because he doesn't understand how to make friends. And they, and they continue to play that video um, during Autism Awareness Month at the middle school, even now. Even though life can be hard, Xavier and other people with autism can do anything anyone else can do. Um, with Mateo, you know, uh, different, not less. And I know I, and, and he is already communicating, right? Just not yes. verbally yet, but mm -hmm, exactly. is through an iPad right now. Yeah. He uses a communication device to speak right. through symbols. Magnets. Can I have magnets? And, you know, a lot of his therapy, um, involves, you know, a focus on, on communicating, you know, okay. uh, prioritizing communication over speech right now. And so, you know, nice. um, even though, of course, you know, it's our, our wish and our, our dream, our prayer for him to yeah. be able to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, again, that's something that we're, we're entrusting to, to God. Mm -hmm. You know, right now we're thankful he can communicate and he can use the symbols to, to say things like, you know, can I have chocolate or can I have nice. celery? And yeah, at the um, end of our prayers, he's able to participate by um, um, pressing, you know, amen. Oh. And so that's been a great blessing you know, yes. for us. Amen. Good boy. I have, a, I have a friend who, um, you know, she has a son uh, on the spectrum as well. And, you know, she shared with me that, you know, when, when people stare at her child, you know, when he's yeah. being kind of disruptive or, or having a meltdown, you know, she told me, um, you know, she can't help but, but glare at them. I used to get that feeling a lot. You know, I would glare at them, you know, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, don't you know, you know, he's, he's different and, huh. you know, you should be more patient. You should be more patient and you should do this and you should do that. And I stopped, I stopped saying that. I would have to say like in, in our community at church and, um, uh, Russell, like they've known him since he was young and, uh, since he was a baby was, you know, born in that community. Uh, and, and, and he used to be disruptive, you know, Russell couldn't control himself. He would be in church services and he would babble. There was that, like, uh, where you feel like embarrassed, you know, like, uh, that your son is behaving that way and you can't make him stop, you know? And so I, I could see where like 
a parent might get defensive, like, don't look at my son that way. Or a parent might even like be like, I'm not going to take my son there. I'm going to spare him from the glaring eyes, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, my friend was really hesitant to bring her child to the children's worship service. And um, I told her, you know, what's worked for me is to be patient, not only with Mateo, but with everyone else uh, yes. who's there. And when I don't look worried and I look okay, that Mateo's sitting down beside me and he might be babbling, but he's there. And I know that he's listening. Yeah. And, you know, as we've been taught in the Church of Christ, you know, faith comes by hearing. Mm -hmm. And so just as long as he's there and he's hearing, um, for me, that's already, you know, God's answering our prayers. You know, Mateo's growing as a, as a member of the church. You know, it really helped because all of the, the officers in the children's worship service, they learned about him and they, they knew, you know, all of his uh, quirks and all of his unique qualities. Um, yeah. They, and they, they learned different strategies on how to help him yes. um, just stay there and experience the, the worship service. So it's like, it's like educating the community on neurodiversity, right? So through our son, you know, through our sons, we can help others, you know, embrace neurodiversity and be patient and, and all that stuff. So like not, don't take your son away from the children's worship service just because he's different. Like yes. actually bring him, you know, and, and, and don't be afraid of what other people are going to say. What are they going to think, you know, and all that stuff, just educate them. You know, my son, he, he, um, he's a little, you know, uh, he has some sensitivities. These are his sensitivities, you know, I'll, I'll be here. And so like, if, you know, whatever his triggers are, they learn their, the triggers and they can help like make it a more peaceful worship for your child and all the other children. My, my attitude, my, my perspective was always about Russell in the future. You know, like, what do I want? You know, he's going to be a man one day. It's going to yes. happen. You know, um, I can't slow down time. I can't pause time. Um, so I have to prepare him for this time when he's going to be a man. If I keep hiding him and, and making excuses for him, then how is he going to you know, be a successful man when that time comes. So like I would immerse my son in children's worship service. I would take him, I would, in the beginning, I was there the whole time. And, yes. you know, we would tag team, my husband and I, um, we would sit with him. We would, he would get as far as a certain point, you know, like then he would start to babble and become a little bit disruptive. Then we'd take him out for a walk. And then we'd, we'd explain to him, like, you have to be quiet when you're in the worship service. And, you know, in the beginning, he couldn't understand that. But little by little, he would understand. And then we would take him until the point where he could stay the whole worship service. God gifted me with this child. And he put this child he entrusted me to raise this child to be, you know, a, a worshiper, a, a servant of God. And so I can't hide him. I've got to teach him. And so even though it's a challenge, it's not like what I've seen, you know, all the other kids do. This one is different. I'm going to do it, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to do my best. And, and so that was my attitude. And today, Russell's a choir member, you know, in the adult choir. He, uh, he, you know, he worships from his heart. He understands the teachings and, uh, I, that, that's so inspiring. And if I have not engaged in that, if I had been afraid, then I don't know that my son could have ever sat in a worship service.
that that is so inspiring for us because you know right now we're so we're so thankful that mateo you know um he he can attend the children's worship service mm -hmm. and you know even in the video streaming worship services at home during the pandemic you yeah. know he's able to to sit and i can see on his face we can see on his face that he he enjoys being there in in yeah. his way yes. and you know when we're we're praying for him we know that you know there are so many things you know even beyond our dreams for mateo that that god can do for him um you know he's not speaking now but one day we hope that he does speak and you know if he could use his talents to serve god and um you know even be a minister mm -hmm. you know that would be something that would wow um, really awesome amazing yeah, yeah you know and we know that you know it it's not up to us but yeah. you know if if god would would allow that yeah. you know um so many more people you know would would be brought closer to god you know overall how, how did your son change the trajectory of your life now 20 years later you know looking back on this journey in the beginning not wanting it but now i'm just mm -hmm. like i i'm so grateful you know to have gone through this because there are so many changes in my perspective in the way my faith is you know my faith and the way i deal with other people you know um just in the world i i'm way more open-minded i know that god did not make a mistake you know um in the beginning i was confused about it and i had my own plans and i thought my life was going to go in a certain way but you know it's just it's just so much better you know the way i see things and the way i you know the way i feel about um my faith and and the way i see other people so i i just know god did not make a mistake with this decision that this had its purpose and i'm so grateful to have gone through this journey i just want to thank you so much for for answering my questions you know and I, I think about all of the changes that you've had to make along your journey with russell um i think about you know the changes that we've had to make with mateo and although they're uh different sets of changes you know we we share so much in common and it's really helped me you know to to know that i'm not alone um you're not alone anytime call me anytime but just you know hang in there and just hang on to that hope and know that uh that the changes you're going through are the changes god wants you to go through and it's going to be a beautiful thing when you look back on it someday take emrick and myra i'm so glad you guys were able to uh share your experiences with each other um myra what was it like for you to just be able to connect with someone who understands and shares some of the struggles you've been going through. Oh, it's it's everything to be able to have someone to to understand, you know, this the challenges, you know, that we're we're facing and you know, understand too um, you know, our, our hopes, you know, especially when it comes to you know, serving God, um, which is a, a huge part of of uh, you know, our hopes for for Mateo. Emmerich, do you find that, you know, this is something that a lot of families just tend to keep to themselves? Yeah, um, definitely. If I can, you know, like just what I've gone through with Russell, I, I just, I love talking about it because um, 
you know, I want to share that hope and that, that faith in God, when you just kind of like surrender, you know, uh, your own control, your own plan, and just give it to God and be like, okay, you know, I'm going to do whatever, wherever you're leading me with this, I'm, I'm going to go for the parents, young parents, older parents who are undergoing this journey with their child who has different needs, a child who is neuroatypical. Don't beat yourself up. It's not a mistake. God didn't make a mistake with this. And uh, it's a beautiful journey. So just hang in there. I don't know how many others are out there suffering silently, you know, thinking that, okay, yes, we know that God has put us on this journey. And um, we're so thankful for God's help. Um, but I think mm -hmm. part of the help is, is having people like you and others to be able to talk to about this. Yeah, take away that shame take away mm -hmm. that like you know like um am i being punished is this like a horrible thing get rid of that mindset because that's not helping you know and if you truly want to help your son you've just got to accept that this is this is not a mistake you are not you know uh you have not been cast aside you know this is just a different journey different not less you mm -hmm. know and you know and embrace it and 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 just have faith that it's going to be okay. Have faith and, and work hard. There you go. Yes. What you need to do. And, and I think, Emmerich, what's so beautiful about listening to you and Myra's conversation is, you know, is seeing your journey, you know, 20 years later. And mm -hmm. it's not, you know, you're not just, it's not just a theory, you know, that God will, um, God will be the one to help and God will be the one to make sure that his children's lives will always work for the good, you know, um, because you'll, you are literally living proof. You and Russell are living mm -hmm. proof of that. You know, yeah, it was a lot of work, like you said, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, surrendering and trusting God is what's going to really make this journey a beautiful one, you yes. know, for sure. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Special thanks again to Emmerich and Myra for taking the time to share their stories and life lessons with us. And if you found value in what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And we'd greatly appreciate it if you can leave a review on whatever platform you're listening from. Now be sure to subscribe to Making Changes to stay up to date with new episodes. For more inspiring content or to learn more about the Iglesia Ni Cristo Church of Christ, log on to incmedia.org or download the INC Media app. Thanks for listening, and may your change uplift you.